walking down the street with my sack of tricks. No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks. It's the podcast. Yeah, it's the podcast. I said I'm walking down the street with my sack of tricks. No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks. It's the podcast. Motherfucking podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today's Tuesday, December 28th, 2021. This is episode 33 with Terrain NFT. I'm your host, Finn. Find these episodes over on TerraSpaces.org. Joining us from Terrain NFT, Crawler. How's it going, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Excellent. You guys are launching here in a couple days, actually. Uh, from the recording of this, it'll be posted uh, sometime this afternoon. So when people hear it, uh, December 30th, that's a Thursday, 4 p.m. UTC over on Talus.art. Uh, and that's your series one, which leads me to believe you'll have more series in the, the pipeline. That is the plan. Very cool. Very cool. And this is the first major photography NFT launching. And I, I've kind of myself have been wondering because photography seems like the perfect match for NFTs, yet the majority of NFTs we see are not photography. They're like, you know, the profile pics and then uh, things trying to have utility and, and stuff like that. But you you actually are, are holding true to the photography and, and doing some, some photo NFTs. How'd you get started in that? Yeah, uh, great question. And completely agree that's a space that hasn't, I don't think, been explored as much, at least not in the Terra NFT space. But basically, you know, so I got involved in Terra in general around mid-August or so. You know, I had a friend in the summer telling me I should buy Luna, and I just didn't get around looking into it. So I missed the big pump there, but got in eventually, and things have obviously gone well since then. But yeah, so like the, the NFT space on Terra had kind of exploded a little bit at that point, and so I you know, was familiar with all of that. And then I was on a trip and was just walking around on a a nice beach somewhere was just literally just looking at the ground for a second and i just saw an area i was like that looks that looks really cool <laughs> and nice. just took kind of like an up close picture of it and they just kind of had that thought of like initially just even as a just something to have for myself you know every little square foot of the earth is is different and unique and so i just started taking pictures of them yeah so initially i was like this would just be cool Cool thing for me to have a little, little side project, something to do when I travel places. And then, but then the whole rest of that day, I was just started making that connection that this could, this could be really cool as, as an NFT project and being able to you know, bring a much broader audience into kind of that project I'd started for myself. Well, that's cool. So you didn't even it was it didn't even really start out as like, oh, cool, I can make these NFTs. You were just taking cool pictures of of the ground, basically, and then kind of developed it into like, hey, this can go on the blockchain. This could be like an actual NFT series. Exactly. And basically, those those things just kind of came in at the same time where NFTs were fresh on my mind, as well as when I just kind of was drawn to this idea of this project. Yeah, that's cool. Are you using like any kind of special like macro lenses or any like high end photography gear? Or was this all just shot with your phone like in, in the moment? I know they say the best camera is the one you have on you. So I know, you know, we don't always have all of our, our photography gear with us when inspiration strikes. Yeah, the, you, I couldn't have put it better because yeah, I'm just using 
just using the camera on my phone, and that's definitely you know capturing plenty plenty of detail. Don't want to don't want to overwhelm with like twenty megabyte NFTs or something. Yeah, for a, sure, a, for sure. They got to learn camera, fast. But, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's exactly because it's just I'm just walking around in my day to day, even just where I live or or when I'm on trips, different places, and just things just jump out at me on on the ground and able to just grab it real quick with my phone, just let that just kind of naturally develop from there. Nice, nice. I've been using smartphones since smartphones were a thing. I'm I'm in my forties and <laughs> so I can definitely appreciate like the first smartphone cameras that we had to work with were pretty awful. And watching that technology evolve and, and get better and better over time. And now we've basically got, I mean, you, you can obviously still need like real cameras and shit if you're doing professional stuff. But I feel like for 99% of people out there, like the new pixels, the new iPhones, all of that shit has really good cameras, good processors, lenses, all that stuff in them, or at least good enough uh, to make Something that at the end of the day is going to get compressed anyway for web or, or whatever uh, NFT size limits constrain you. And, and yeah, I, I think the phone, like, it, sh- it should be perfect for, for doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then so all the all the terrain images were uploading, like, cropped down to a square around 3,000 by 3,000 pixels, which is is plenty and more than enough for you know most of people viewing it oh that's on huge our, or on their phone our featured images are 300 by 300 <laughs> on <laughs> on the website <laughs> so yeah 3000 yeah. plenty plenty of information yeah especially because we you know the people that do buy these and they download them and anything like that we want them to be able to look you know even closer and really see the, the fine details yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's way cool. What was the? Uh, w- do you like travel for for a living, or were you just like taking vacation, or where? I'm kind of curious about like the the places you traveled to that kind of inspired this this work. Yeah, so I've I've been keeping it a little under wraps where a lot of this first series is coming from, but what you know, podcasts are are for alpha, right? Yeah, don't um, dox yourself, so. but yeah, yeah, any alpha we will <laughs> yeah. gladly take. Yeah, a little, little alpha. Um, so where the, the inspiration happened and where a fair amount of this first series is from is actually in Hawaii. So another cool aspect of that is, you know, not a place people can get to easily. And now through some of these images, they can you know, experience a piece of that. And for me, we were actually, it was a celebrating a one year wedding anniversary. It was the honeymoon we were going to take, but COVID canceled it. So we, we did it a year later. Uh, yeah. So that was not, not a trip we did get to take often uh, ever, but uh, certainly made the most of it while we were there. And then, yeah, I captured some, some various pieces of it. And I mean, it was a cool place for this idea to hit me too, because there's just a lot of, very different terrain there from the beaches to the volcanoes and everything in between. So it really was a really like fertile mental landscape to see like how diverse just the earth can be in even a small area like that. 
Yeah, that's probably I've never been. I've I've been to like Europe and stuff and in Canada and all the national parks around here, but like I've never been to Hawaii. It's definitely on my bucket list of places to go along with Iceland with the uh with the puffins. Uh but I can imagine it just from what I've seen online and it's probably just like a, a photographer's dream. I mean, you have all of the different landscapes like you said, you know, these these lush jungles and in this tropical like beach scene and volcanoes like uh, you can probably so many so many pictures to take you probably wouldn't have the time if you were there for like a week to to cover it all yeah definitely and then i think that's that the really cool thing to me about about this project is you know you know a fair amount of people go to hawaii they take pictures of the these you know classic famous landscapes and you know maybe they catch a rainbow in there or they get they have some nice like sunset lighting or something like that and so you can look up all kinds of those but you know no one took a picture of the ground at that spot. And like, no one is really getting into the kind of details that really caught my interest. And so, you know, showing, showing people a different, you know, aspect of Hawaii and some of the various other places that have fed into series one. And do these have a geocaching sort of aspect to them? Like, are there coordinates or anything like that attached in the metadata? Or is it just a, a fun picture to, to view? Yeah, great question. So every piece will have the latitude and longitude in the metadata, which uh, another thing I just think is really fun about this, because, you know, after the Mint, any piece that people get, they can look up where it is and see you know, uh, like a you know, kind of random one that was in Hawaii or one that showed up from Europe or in the, you know, eventually as the series grows, you know, I can post maps and things that show where pieces they're from kind of all over the world. So yeah, that will be part of the, of the trait metadata. That's super cool. It gives me like a, a vision of like this big quilt of like smaller NFTs and eventually <laughs> like making the whole earth or as much of it obviously as, as one can get to in a, in a lifetime and, and capture these things. Oh yeah. It's, it's art. It's like almost infinite, you know, obviously how much it could be, but that's, that's kind of the vision. And it, it's fascinating too, because it's, you know, it's also taking it at a point in time because a lot of these areas, you know, especially a beach changes every day right. in that same like square foot. So it, it, yeah, it's kind of immortalizing it in time as well. That, and I think it's really cool to think about how these things change depending on the resolution. So like you can take your 3000 by 3000 square and like, if you're at that spot and you have obviously the, the camera equipment to do it, like you can zoom in and zoom in and zoom in and keep getting different shots with different feelings and emotions conveyed through them based on these different landscapes at different resolutions. Like it, it seems like an infinite idea that you could just keep exploring. You could go, you could zoom inward as far as you can until I suppose you, you reach the, the level of like electron microscopes <laughs> if one was to go that far. But then you could also zoom out and, and zoom out until you get to kind of like what your logo uh, looks like with the, with the magnifying glass on the planets and, and zooming in on that one spot. Like that, that, that's a really cool idea. I, I like what you're, uh, what you're stitching together here in these early times. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so right now, like with Series 1, and all the images are basically taken from about a foot above the ground. So kind of giving giving the level of view of like 
if you were just you know walking around somewhere and something on the ground caught your eye and you just kind of bent over to look closer like that's the kind of view we're giving with this first one and is that something you keep in mind when when you were shooting them that like i want these all to be like the the same level and stuff or are they kind of varying oh uh, no it's something i've been very intentional okay. about and so and even like you know i've had a couple other people i know you could loosely call them like a team for this but i've you know had a few other friends in different places send me pictures and i've kind of given them the guidelines like make sure you're you know about a foot above the ground and at least this much revolution and so trying to keep that very consistent so when you look like through the gallery you know you're all you're getting the same perspective just in different places on the earth yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And that seems something easy that could be crowdsourced because it, it's a foot. It's a ruler. Like everybody can find a ruler, take a ruler with you, mark it, and then, you know, take your shot. And that's the other thing I wanted to ask you about. Are there plans to do like uh, more crowdsourced versions of this? I don't want to say like a DAO because everybody's doing a DAO and not everything <laughs> needs to be a DAO until it does, I guess. But like, do you do you have that in your mind that you want others to participate? participate in this and, and build some sort of platform that allows them to submit their own and, and kind of build the planet out? Yeah, that's a great question. Because, you know, obviously, you know, I'm not going to be able to go everywhere <laughs> in the world, not even close. And so with that vision and goal of just leading people to ad admire these details about the earth, like all over. Yeah, like I'm, I want to figure out exactly how to bring people in other places into that. Some of it's been just, you know, to start leveraging personal connections and people in different places and, and having them grab a few images. And, but eventually yeah, it'd be cool if it hit kind of a tipping point and I found a way to let it really explode. Yeah. So it's something kind of in the future state. So I, my plan right now with the series is probably launch another series of a hundred pieces every three months. So like kind of quarterly, um, which is about the pace I can keep up with. But if we get some good momentum from that, then would love to look at kind of an evolution of it into a, a space that kind of everyone can contribute to. Yeah, see, I like the every few months thing. It almost turns it into like a seasonal thing so that every section or new new mint is a new season obviously the ground depending on where you're at uh changes with the season i know some places it's always just like cool sand thanks arizona but in, in most places you know we get we have we have seasonal yeah. times and stuff you can see there's grass and now it's leaves and and all that and it's the same coordinates and stuff it's cool you, it's documenting change over time which i think is really neat yeah exactly uh, I also like the hashtag you guys have coined, the do look down hashtag. Uh, I don't know if you did that on purpose or if it's just one of those synchronicities, but it's kind of an anagram of Doquan, uh, which is, you know, kind of why a lot of us are here in the space, which I can't help. Like every time I look at it, it says Doquan to me. Like it's it's weird, but do look down. Uh, I like that. People used to not look up. And then the whole space thing, and now everyone kind of looks up. We're all like the stars and stuff, and we stop looking down. So I like that you guys yeah. are here reminding us, like, yo, there's a whole world under your feet. Like, you know, stop and do look down. Yeah, no, that's – I've definitely had the same kind of thing sometimes when I read it as dough instead of – Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just kind of playing off the, like, you know, yeah, you're walking on a bridge, and someone's like, don't look down. But, no, like, we, yeah, we – 
miss some of the the de- details right at her feet. So do look down. Don't look yep. down. Do look down. Trust me. It's it's fine. <laughs> I like that. Hell yeah. Uh how was the the process of getting like the smart contract stuff sorted out? Is are you, you're the photographer and I'm curious about the rest of the team or is it just you doing it and then uh working with Talis on getting the launch set up? Yeah, so it yeah, it's mainly just me and it's been it's been really great working with Talis. I just am very thankful because really without them, this, this project probably couldn't happen because they've got a really special place in enabling artists really like at, at kind of my scale and, and smaller to create NFTs and really kind of putting the tools in our hands. Like they're one of the first, so they've, for anyone that doesn't know, they've over the last few months, they've had probably a couple dozen small artists launch collections on Talus. So there have been one or two other like nature photography and kind of the more traditional sense collections of like a dozen pieces that, that some artists have launched. Um, but ours is the first like photography project to leverage like random minting and kind of at this like hundred pieces or more scale. And so Talus does that really by like putting the tools in the artist's hands. And so they've, they've built the contracts with the appropriate, you know, web UI for artists to mint these collections ourselves basically. Nice. Um, nice. And they kind of walk you through that process and help you where, where needed. Um, but there's a lot of people on Talos that like talked to some of the other launch platforms and they, they're just way too expensive for anyone who's not selling 10,000 pieces of something. You just, you can't afford uh, kind of what the way those prices look um, as much as I really, I really like the idea of launching on random earth because this project is literally random. Earth. Yeah. Yeah. But at yeah, at the, the scale I'm doing with this, I can't take ten thousand pictures in any reasonable period of time. So well, and 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 don't feel too bad because even some of the projects with ten thousand mints still couldn't afford to be on Random Earth or, or the <laughs> other sites. So it, it's definitely not yeah. just you. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's yeah. been great with Talos. They they charge basically nothing and just are in, enabling artists with these tools to yeah create the collections themselves and really drive that process so yeah i don't i didn't have to learn any particular coding for it they, they do all that through through a web ui which is really nice yeah that's awesome i i definitely vibe with how they're handling the whole onboarding projects and and focusing on you know giving the control back to the artists themselves and not needing like a whole team of of 10 people and like five marketing pros and all of this to like, you know, eke out every last cent so that you can pay the mentor for the process. <laughs> like they're definitely tailored towards these smaller projects that are just like either testing the waters or it's just people like you and me that just like to do fun stuff every now and again like that. And yeah, we don't want to pay like five grand to like mint them. So either <laughs> nobody gets to enjoy them or, you know, we, we've, find places like Talus that, that let you mint that stuff for much cheaper. Uh, and yeah, the, the other, uh, like photo real, not photo realistic, but the, the photography NFTs on there, they are just like not one of ones, but they are very small series that you go on and you pick. So when yours launches, it's going through the candy machine and it will be like a, a general mint. So you're, you don't know what piece of earth you're going to get. Yes, exactly. And that was, that was, it was important to us because we had the option, I think even a month ago now, to just do 
like just list the collection at like a fixed price or auctions and you know people could pick which one they wanted but it was really important to us to wait for the the candy machine to be running because i think a cool aspect of this you know when you mint something through a candy machine you know you get what you get and that kind of leads you to look at how and why you appreciate what you end up with and so because kind of one of the points of our project is we want people to look closer at these details about the earth that they normally don't notice or would write off. And so with this random mint, you know, whenever they get one, it pops up, it kind of leads them to look closer and to like appreciate it for what it is. That the, the whole mint process is just fun. Like for, we, we <laughs> like not knowing it, It's just like when we were kids and we got baseball cards or uh, the younger kids now with their Pokemon cards and stuff. God, I sound like such an old man. Uh, but <laughs> it, it, it's that idea that like, you don't know what you're going to get and you open it up and it's like the whole process is fun. It's like, I kind of understand why people enjoy unboxing videos now. I, I never used to get that at first. I was like, why are you guys watching people open boxes for like phones that they got? But like now I kind of get it. it it's it's you're minting basically <laughs> like you you don't know what's going to come out of that box and and then it also gives an opportunity for the secondary marketplace to have more of like an umph when it comes out because maybe you did get one in some part of the world that is cool and everything but like the one you really wanted is in this other part of the world and so once that secondary market opens up then you're able to go in and like if if those ones are for sale like you can pick them visually so so you get like a double kind of bonus of of the initial mint not knowing what you get and then going in seeing what everyone got that's available and and then you know picking hand picking the one you want yeah, exactly. And since you mentioned uh, Pokemon cards in there, one of the other things I'm going to do in the like trait metadata. Um, so I talked about, you know, they'll have the latitude and longitude on there. So they'll all be geotagged, but I'm going to put the like type on there and kind of use the, use the Pokemon like type structure. So there'll be like grass or water, or, you know, those kind of, basically using that language so there might be one that's like earth type stone type like just grass type and kind of leverage that because one of those other things that's fun with the random mints is how everyone digs into trying to figure out you know uh, which one's the most rare or anything like that and (laughs) you can decide what's rare to them but the more you give them the more interesting ways you can kind of see that go and so it's like oh like this one's rare because it's in a location that's hard for me to get to like Hawaii or something like that. But then, you know, there might be another location that only has one or two terrain pieces that are from that area, or there might only be, you know, one bug type or, you know, whatever kind of all the, all all the, those types kind of come into the picture as well. I think it'll be fun. I, I would almost love to send them down the rabbit hole of being like, all right, the rarity is tied to true earth rarity. So you have to figure out how much <laughs> of the planet's covered by grass, sand, you know, whatever the different traits are, and then have them do the calculations like it's a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's where it's like it's it's an open space for people to say what what they find as, as rare to them. So they'll all have a, like a primary type and a secondary type. Cause you know, some of these might just be a cool area of sand, but most might be a sand that has some rocks in it. So they'll have two types. 
Oh, um, nice. So just just giving people some fun little details on the in the metadata. Naturally trait stacking. I like it. Nature did it best first. <laughs> <laughs> this grass has sand and rocks on it. <laughs> I would also love to see some like Antarctica, uh, like Arctic region ones. Like if we get any any researchers working out on those places to to participate in this, or if you yourself get a chance to to go tour the Arctic, I think that would be really <laughs> a lot of That'd rare places. Cool. <laughs> And, you know, I'll, I'll throw in there, too, like for anyone listening to this, if you if you see anything cool, <laughs> like take a picture of it and just get connected with me and we can figure out a way to work that into into a future series. Nice. Do you have any ideas in your head about doing like a looking up version or are you totally focused on like the earth and, and looking down uh, at, at the at the terrain? Yeah, that's a good question. I think. Right now, there's you know, there's so much to explore looking down that I think I think that's that's gonna you know keep us going and motivated for for a good while. But I, I do have some some ideas for some future series that could have like a little different of a flavor to them. So right now, series one and like the next several are all just pure natural terrain. So nothing landscaped or manicured or posed or anything like that oh nice which which is really important uh, to me and so yeah nothing in you know someone's flower bed or, or anything like that it's all just pure undisturbed earth but a fun idea i have for a later series like four or five or something like that would be doing like an urban series asphalt and like some of those some of the what man-made terrain has become uh, i want to explore in a future series yeah, but these first several are all focused on unadulterated nature. That would be really cool. There's so much cool like urban landscape. I know like nature's landscape is is the best, but when you live in nature, sometimes urban landscape's the best, you know? Like you you want to see what you don't get to see all the time. So, I think covering both of those aspects would open up a really fun kind of subcategory of of the terrain and being like all right here's here's what nature did now we're going to explore what man or what humans created uh, on top of it and then you know you could work in things like the natural wonders and and stuff like that and uh, i guess the the looking up thing i kind of thought of cuz it is like you're just looking at clouds and stuff but if you do it at night and start bringing in like some sort of astrophotography, which I know is a lot more, uh, a lot more camera gear you're going to need, but you could do like constellations and stuff uh, and then kind of attach those to the coordinates of the terrain piece or something. I think that, that, that would have some pretty cool possibilities. Yeah. That's what I like about this kind of series approach that, that we're doing on like a quarterly basis. Cause it creates that space where any particular series I can, you know, execute a, a more unique idea with, and it still fits within everything as a whole there. Like if doing like an urban series, it, it sounds fun to me because also, you know, with using those, those Pokemon types and things, obviously all the natural terrain, there's not going to be any steel type right, terrain, right. but then suddenly that, you know, urban series shows up and you just have a you know, totally different type set that, that comes in uh, that when fits into that, that overall picture like steel and stucco <laughs> asphalt <laughs> that's awesome poison or you know whatever. yeah yeah oh yeah 
What do you, uh, and you don't have to obviously answer if you don't want to give too much away, but like, does your day job, are you like a geologist or like what got you really into like the earth terrain stuff? Yeah, no, good question. My background is in like science and engineering, but just always kind of dabbled in some things more on, on the art side and good, good stress reliever. And yeah. Yeah, just always loved spending time in nature and just going on hikes and, and everything like that. So it's always something I've had a good appreciation of. And then I think it's my, my analytical side comes into play a lot on, on this project in like digging and looking at those finer details and then taking the time to get the geotag like of them and be able to kind of pull all this together. That's really cool. I, I like the the organization that goes into this as, as someone that runs around Twitter and Terra Space trying to organize all of the spaces. Like I have an appreciation <laughs> for a certain level of organizational skills. <laughs> That's really cool. Do you have any? Uh, and I kind of asked this earlier. Uh, forgive me if I if I forget, but uh, any plans for like hiding special geocache things so that if somebody mints one that it happens to be where they can get to, if they go to that area and like have a metal detector or anything, like are they going to find any, any hidden treasures that you possibly put there for them? That's a great question. So we've actually, I got connected with another project that's entirely like geocache based NFTs and, you know, the kind of GPS scavenger hunt thing. And so they're called a D and E's NFT, I believe it is. And they just got started a couple of weeks ago. Um, but basically they're hiding geocaches and putting instructions in there to claim a free NFT if you find the geocache. So kind oh, wow. of the other direction of what you were just talking about. We're gonna we're gonna try to partner with them some so that we have a few pieces in some of our future series that are at the same location as some of those geocaches. So it would almost be the chain of if someone bought like our NFT and then they went to that place, then they would find that geocache and they can claim the NFT from from DNEs. So that's that's a really cool kind of partnership that started developing recently. Yeah, that's a super cool way to collab. That's one thing I really love about this space is the creativity that that multiple projects will will show when trying to figure out how to work together. Like in other spaces, you see the competition just either like poaching devs from from other competitions or like, you know, just they don't really tend to work together very well. But here, everyone's like all on the same page and we're all like working for this greater good of the, the ecosystem as a whole. And and part of that is is finding ways to work together, even though we're all trying to mint NFTs like we can all work together in you know sharing the communities and, and collaborating and stuff and I think that what you just mentioned with with the geocaching one uh, working with them people get your nft then they find theirs and then they find somebody else's like it it starts this cool chain reaction in a way of of just like getting a, a person further and further down the rabbit hole of, of nfts and and the ecosystems that they're minting in yeah exactly and that's the one of the cool things with that geocaching based project because you know it's a like publicly listed geocache in that whole hobby and so people will find it that people will find it that have no idea what an nft is and so it's part of their purpose is to like onboard people into terra from just the geocaching like hobby side of things but yeah so yeah like i said lots of really lots of really good fun space for collaboration 
Um, like, I think it'd be fun to do a series of terrain that's like flocky verse planets and astroverse planets and like any of these other kind of NFT universes that have, you know, these planets and things that they've created would be cool to kind of create, you know, what, what does the terrain look like on those? Yeah. From, from a close perspective. I would love to see some of these run through the dystope AI, uh, AI machine. Like they've been doing some collabs where oh, they yeah. run people's NFTs through and then they need like a few words or something to feed it. And then they feed it the picture and it spits out like, uh, uh, the Astroverse one, uh, since you mentioned that, like those, the planets that they gave like zoomed in terrain versions of in a way, not obviously as zoomed in as what you're doing, but like a, a landscape shot of, of what this planet could look like, like some of that stuff came out really, really cool. And then some of it's like, all right, that's kind of garbage, <laughs> like feed it again. <laughs> but it seems like a lot of, a lot of projects uh, interacting with them might be one worth checking out, seeing if, if uh, you guys could work together on something. It'd be neat. Yeah, that's also a great idea. Uh, let's see. Are there any collections that you yourself are collecting? Are you a minter uh, with us here? Do you, do you go down that rabbit hole? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been down that rabbit hole. Uh, definitely grabbed a couple Terrans from their recent mint, that their first big launch on on Talus. I mean, they just love that art style. That artist just you know put a ton in, of work into that launch. And then I've, I've supported a few of the other like smaller Talus collections as well, like Terra Golems, uh, based Nomad. Just lots of artists doing cool things at that scale of just you know a dozen pieces but that they put a lot of a lot of heart and soul into them compared to what you get you know from the ten thousand piece algorithm which have their place you know i've been a galactic punk holder from the beginning as well uh, and that's a really cool team and project Uh, it's just cool to see the different sides of the space yeah, it's cool too to see that like even though they're one of the first in the space and they like clearly they made their money like they could have ghosted or they could have like just moved on to different projects but as a team they've decided like yo we're going to build this into something like I don't even think anyone knows what its final form is going to be like it, it's they're creating the DAO and then creating like these these uh different uh benefits for holders i I don't want to say like yield stuff because you know we're not securities (laughs) or anything but uh different holder benefits and things like that i think it's really interesting to see when when a group like that with you know some proper funding and resources comes together and puts their heads down to like get some work done like they're going to create some really cool stuff it's cool to see that they've they've stuck around even though they've made their payday and and they're still building for the good of of the overall ecosystem yeah and there's there's tons of space there for those projects that are developing all these really cool utility like around their pieces it's funny because i had at least one person ask me i was telling them about terrain and they're like okay well like what's the utility of it i'm like it, it's art <laughs> <laughs> like that, <laughs> there isn't any like it's that's what art is you just are able to have it and enjoy it and um maybe it's an investment like you know it's whatever art kind of means to you and that's just the, i love how palace is, is enabling that space I almost feel like knowing what I know now of this space and kind of applying it to like Renaissance artists, like maybe Van Gogh like went crazy because people were kept bugging him about utility and shit. And he's like, I'm just painting. Like there is no, you know, I'm cut my ear off. Somebody else asked me about when utility, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. 
It is really neat, though. We we mention this a lot on the show, but like that that this technology is is giving that power to the artists and allowing them to create while they're able to sustain themselves. Even if if we're just eating ramen for the time being, at least we're eating something. And you know, you can do that very easily. You know, five, ten, fifteen years ago. So uh, it is really cool to see what this technology is enabling as far as new creativity and and a new renaissance in a way. And it'll be really interesting once the the utility side merges more with what these artists are trying to create because i don't i don't think the artists like you need a different kind of mindset i feel like to really create true utility you know you need that engineer that analytical mind that i don't i don't think a lot of artists really have uh so once you get those two worlds to kind of work together and merge like i feel like whatever web 4 is or whatever the the iteration after whatever this is that we're building here uh is going to be pretty cool yeah and that's actually where talus has some really cool things plan there as well and kind of you know pulling from things people do in the real world art space because they've got plans in their picture for uh, i think they're calling them x nfts or something like that but like collateralizing off of your nfts and be able to use the value of an nft to to borrow against they're trying to bring some of those really cool things into the space from stuff people do with with real world art as well from like an investment side of things and that's cool because yeah a lot of these artists don't know how to program a contract to do anything like that um but talus bringing that in from the platform side of things is going to just continue to open up even more tools to artists yeah and then the whole the whole like exponential growth of like the more artists you onboard the more ideas you're going to get the more you can feed those ideas to your devs the more they can create smart contracts that do other stuff and it it just like keeps going and going building upon the previous version it was and then eventually you get to this thing like <laughs> so far down the line that it, it's it's nothing like what it started as but it's something everybody uses and everybody's a part of because you know, it's it's become so all encompassing in, in the stuff that we're creating here in in the DeFi uh, landscape and and you know art and it's it's basically where all of this stuff merges into like humanity in a way. It's really interesting to watch it grow like that. Yeah, and as we keep doing more and more in this digital space, I'm just going to keep trying to remind us what the real world looks like. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, do you guys have a website coming up or should we just point people to the Twitter and your medium, uh, page that you have? Yeah. Um, right now, just, just Twitter and the medium. Um, I'm going to launch by the time this podcast is up, we'll have a, a telegram loop or group live as well. Um, and I'm, I'm going to do like a contest for, you know, one of the first 50 or hundred people in there will get a free mint on Thursday. So I'm going to set that up today, just especially leading into the mint where there's a lot more communication and questions needed. So the, the telegram group will be helpful for that, but that's, those are, those will be the main places is, is Twitter and, and the telegram group thought about making a discord, but every project doesn't need a discord. Um, oh, thank you for and, saying that. I can't so, tell you how pleased I am to not have to join another discord. <laughs> yeah, no, the, oh, I'm getting we, close we, to we testing. We know our place and that's not it. So. <laughs> we're we're going to find out what the discord limit is for how many servers you can have. <laughs> we're getting real close. I feel like, uh, have you heard of stardust union? 
Yes, I think I just heard about that. Okay, I, I was going to offer you an but, invite. But if, tell me about it. If yeah. you're okay, yeah. If you're not in there, and if you are a small project or any project, if you're the the head of the project or, or on the team, Stardust Union was started by the Unstables Cats, and there's probably fifty or sixty small projects in there. I or maybe just people. I I, I don't know how many projects, but it, it's starting to pop off, which is really cool to see. But it's where all of the smaller projects and, and other projects go to like talk to everybody else that runs projects and do collabs and kind of have brainstorming sessions and, and, and learn off of like somebody uh, use nowhere versus somebody use random earth. Well, now everyone else can learn from the experiences of both of them without having to even try to reach out to them. Like, you know, it's, it's everyone sharing yeah. everything they've learned. Basically. It, it's really cool that they set this up. So I've been trying to do my part to encourage any, any people that may not have heard of it to, to come over over there and check it out uh and i i think they have the invites public on their twitter uh, i'll have to double check but if not definitely hit me up uh you guys know where i'm at all all the time online uh, and i'll get you an invite but yeah stardust union uh very very cool spot if you need another discord yeah. <laughs> of course no that's awesome because but it's been cool because in the in the talus server there's a few channels like for artists only um, and so it's it's been cool to see on the smaller scale there just you know the couple dozen palace artists talking and communicating and like helping support each other um so that just that sounds like a similar kind of thing just on on a overall terra scale which is super cool yeah yeah definitely it is a lot of uh people that launched on talus but then it's a lot of people that launched on nowhere and on random earth uh that were of the the smaller projects like just two people yeah. running it uh, sort of thing so yeah super cool place super cool people all like just working together to make nfts better yeah when you're when you're basically a one-man show you take as much help and support from the community as you can get I feel that I got interns all over the place at this point trying to <laughs> try and keep this show on the road. <laughs> uh, but yeah, actually, this is the last uh, scheduled show I have today. So I'll definitely be in the Telegram hanging out. Uh, and if you need any, any assistance with anything, definitely holler and we'll uh, either get you an intern or I'll, I'll do it myself. Awesome. Cool. Is there anything else you want to plug about your project? Anything that we miss that you want people to know about? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll finish on just the, not slogan exactly, but just what we say the, the why or the purpose of the project is. It's just that we believe the earth is beautiful and should be intimately admired. Um, and if you keep us up with us at all, we're, you're going to see that a lot because uh, we just, it's important to remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing. Otherwise, you know, it's, it, there's no point to it. So we hope you'll join us in that and, and showing appreciation for the earth. Um, and oh, similar to that, we will be donating 10% of the, the proceeds from the Met on Thursday to the Restore Earth campaign from, from Angel Protocol. Obviously fits in right with everything we're all about. And glad we're getting our Mint in here before the end of the year so we can we can donate to that awesome campaign. That's awesome. I love watching every project that we speak to and even ones that we don't. Everybody has something that gives back to Angel, giving once and giving forever. Like that is such a great thing that they set up over there. I love that that's one of the main cornerstones of the ecosystem too. Like you you don't see that very much in BSC or ETH or uh, uh, other uh, yeah. other blockchain ecosystems. Like it, it's that's really cool. Definitely. Yeah, then so that's that's all I got. Nice. Well, 
Terrain Crawler. Definitely check them out. Minting December 30th. And uh, yeah, we'll have links to the telegram that he's going to set up here, he thinks, before I get the show posted, which he's probably right. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, check out the mint happening over on talus.art. Uh, they will be 50 USTs, and there's 100 of them. Real intimate pictures of Earth. Very cool, very cool. Looking forward to it. Uh, definitely check out the rest of the shows over on terraspaces.org. Got lots of fun spaces popping up all over the place. Make sure to check out the ether. And uh, if you appreciate what we're doing, definitely hit the contact us page. And uh, there's an address there you can send some love to. We appreciate that. Uh, for terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. And we'll talk to you later. Peace out, y'all. Spitting over sound waves, kick a little rhyme and we'll see if the crowd waves Take note the brows raise up when the mouse hits taste buds Stick dastardly trying to race us, cannonball run from the west to the east coast Got the ghosts on my team leaving in a repo, scheming on a free toast I've been in the gas up, riding high as NASA and we about to blast off Ain't nobody pass us, hungry like some raptors Attacking in a pack like a bunch of fucking savages Handling the packs while we shipping out disaster Magic is simple if you practice with the master Trying to show the homies I think they're could be a better way Every day I ride it first Trying to get this pen in shape Living like a mental patient Embracing the basics I see a queen on the table While I'm holding aces Let me uh, give you a sample Of some of the uh, lyrics That had some of the Older ladies among the stockholders White with dismay The room is dead still A sea of shocked Frozen Blanched faces Then I delivered another, another volley Of really sick lyrics Subtle on the double trouble, popping all the bubbles open Silent off the one who comes to ruin all the funny moments Ollie ollie oxen opium, that oxycontin got the oxytocin Falling around the people like a roxy smoking Okie dokie Annie Oakley, joking like yokey Annie Hoping those who broken jokes are broken, softly spoken Candy rope a dope around the throat and coast I'm all alone to sleep it off later Like just give the dog a bone I roam around the globe like a motherfucking satellite Smoke a lot of weed, always gotta be satisfied Soaking up the dream state, trying to live la vida loca But for now I'll settle for a smile and a coca Who Makes the bundles, repping all the fun tools, looking all around like this, nowhere to run to. Got the plug, what's new on the drug? One, two, sticking with the dope, my homies growing, that's one truth. I got my 12 gauge sawed off, I got my headlights turned off. I'm about to bust some shots off, I'm about to dust some cops off. I got my 12 gauge sawed off, I got my headlights turned off. I'm about to bust some shots off, I'm about to dust some cops off.